Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning and welcome to September. I cannot believe it is September 1st already as I looked at the calendar today. I went, oh my gosh, tomorrow would have been my parents' 65th wedding anniversary. Uh, My dad passed away five years ago and I just don't know where time has gone. And it's such an amazing concept to me to realize how quickly time passes and really look at what you've achieved in the time that you've had and how well you've used your time, which leads to the conversation we're going to be having for the next hour today with my uh, guest and one of the most favorite people I enjoy spending time with over the phone because he lives in Austin and I live in Florida and we don't often get to see each other, but we have found out that we have so many personal relationships Um, going back in terms of the fact that his sister sang at my cousin's wedding. So it's kind of funny that way. But my guest today is Dr. Joe Serio, and he has cracked the code for improving personal leadership, decreasing stress, and increasing productivity. But before he did that, my guest had to deal with the fear that was holding him back. His quest to live his best life has taken him to some really, not just unlikely, but, you know, kind of frightening places. He was the only American to work in the organized crime control department of the Soviet National Police prior to the collapse of the USSR. And he has some stories. I can tell you he's got some amazing stories. So you'll want to catch how to stay in contact with him to get some more information. He later served as the director of the Moscow office of a global corporate investigation and business intelligence firm. He is the author or co-author or translator of nine books, including the critically acclaimed book Investigating the Russian Mafia. So you're probably wondering what this has to do with time management. He is also the author of the Get the Nerve series of books. Love these books. They are amazing. Um, I wish I had written them. They include Overcoming Fear, 50 Lessons on Being Bold and Living the Dream, Public Speaking, 50 Lessons on Presenting Without Losing Your Cool, and his latest book, which just got released, called Time Management, 50 Lessons on Finding Times for What's Important. Joe has studied Russian, Chinese, Spanish. He's translated books from Russian and Spanish into English. He plays the harmonica and guitar. He's recorded CDs, music CDs. He's played on stages in several countries. This man gets how to manage your time. We're going to be talking today with him about time management, self-management, and the spiritual aspect of time management. So welcome, Joe. I could talk forever just going over your background. I mean, it's so amazing what you've done. And thank you for being on my show today. Uh, Thank you, Laura. And so far, this has been the easiest interview I've ever done. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, you're one of the the guests that I have on that I, I never worry about the conversation heading into dead ends. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, the show today is about time management. It's really funny because I'm working with a client right now on helping her delegate. And one of the assignments is figuring out where your time is going. And she's overwhelmed just by that, mm-hmm. just figuring out where the time's going. Um, how did you get the idea to write this particular book? You know, the whole Get the Nerve series, the titles that you mentioned, Overcoming Fear, Public Speaking, and this new book, Time Management, they all come out of my personal experience, my personal fears, 
my personal failures, uh, challenges, you know, things. That I my goal was to write about things that I was really terrible at, and things that over the years I figured out some things about. I you know cracked the code as you said at the beginning, and you know decided that there are people who are successful, and there are people who get what they want, and then there's me. <laughs> and I want to know the difference between them and me. You know, so over the last 20, 25 years, I wanted to know why do they do what they do? Why do they get what they get? Why do they think the way they think? And what is it that they don't put up with? What is it that they don't tolerate? And so to me, it was it's all about time. You know, I think we'll probably talk a little bit about the spiritual aspect of it. But that's that's the bottom line, right? It's It's about time. That's it. And and we'll get into more detail about what I mean by that. But, but you know, that, that's all you have. And you get to make decisions and choices about, to some extent, about how much of the time you have. Uh, to a large extent, where you're going to put that time, what you're going to say yes to, what you're going to say no to. And I was horrible at all that. So, yeah, that book came out of my own kind of uh, stumbling around at the beginning and then figuring out some things to go get the things that I wanted, playing music, writing books, all the things you're talking about. Now, one of the things that I read when I was reading your book, because my guess, my listeners all know that if somebody has a book out and I'm interviewing them, I, I've read the book cover to cover to understand what they're talking about. And you talked about, and I want to talk about the spiritual aspects of time management, but you have three calendars. I can't even imagine managing <laughs> three calendars. And and I know that there's a reason for it. And with your experiences with all the different languages and when you're learning different languages, you learn different cultures, right? And in order to fully understand a different language, you sort of have to embrace that culture's, say time management, right? Because every culture is a little bit different. So to fully embrace the um, innuendos, the context of something, you need to understand how they believe, how they think, correct? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what yeah, is this and, about and it, three calendars and where did it come from? <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, um, I used to be the kind of person that would have multiple calendars and write things from one calendar to the next, right? It's like kind of like, a to-do list that you write over and over because you didn't finish all the stuff today, so you keep writing the same things from day to day and carrying it forward. Well, I used to do that with calendars, so I was a mess. I was, I was, you know, I had duplicate calendars. I had, I don't know what was going on. So, so I decided that I had to create my own system, which is what the book is about a lot. Um, so my system in terms of calendars was how do I manage all of the most important parts of my life and do it in a way that doesn't have overlap, rewriting, you know, confusion and all the rest. So three calendars. Number one, I have a Google calendar on my computer, which is, of course, synced to my phone. On that calendar, I put meetings, kind of daily things, right? My meetings, my important phone calls and emails that have to be made, uh, and errands, anything that involves me going, you know, if I'm out running around, um, seeing people running errands. So that's on my calendar so I can access it from my phone and I don't forget to do anything. Right? That's a major, 
a major issue for a lot of people when they say, oh, I forgot to, I forgot to do this, oh, I forgot to do that. Well, my goal is to create a system that captures everything so I don't forget anything. So like dry so cleaning, count. exercise, all of that's on that calendar. Dry cleaning, go to the bank, you know. In fact, when I was working at a university, one of my assistants, I could hear her, I could hear her laughing kind of cackling from two rooms down and and she had access to my calendar and my other assistant said to her you know what, what's so funny and she said joe put go to walmart on his calendar and i said yeah absolutely go to walmart go to the bank go to the dry cleaner you know go to the video store back then when we had to go to video stores and because if i don't capture it if your system doesn't capture what has to be done, then number one, it's not a priority. And number two, it's not going to get done. You're going to forget. And that increases stress and frustration. So my goal was how do I decrease frustration, increase productivity? And so the first answer for me was a Google calendar. The second was like the classic, you know, the Franklin Covey day planner or whatever they call it. And that sits on my desk. And it always sits on my desk, and it doesn't go anywhere. It never moves. So I'm not losing these things either. So so the, the day planner is for my to-do list, but not just my to-do list. I mean, people have problems managing to-do lists, writing to-do lists. And I realized I was one of those people for a long time. I would write 10, 15 things that I was going to get done today. Totally ridiculous exercise. That kind of classic approach to a to-do list serves to increase frustration and stress. So what I ended up doing was taking a page out of that PDA um, or the, um, the day planner and making a master list. So I make a master list. The master list could be 10 items long, 30 items long. I wrote a master list once that was 67 items long. Wow. And so, of course, if you write a to-do list like that, you'll, you'll go out of your mind. So I write the the master list as a brain dump to get everything out because I have to get everything ch- captured because it has to get out of my head. When I get out of when I get things out of my head, I can stop thinking, worrying, wondering if I'm going to forget to do them. They're on paper. They're captured in my system. And you call that a mind then, swipe, right? I call it a mind sweep. Yeah, mind sweep. and I do a mind sweep. Well, I got that from David Allen. Um, who uh, is known for his book, Getting Things Done. Um, so um, out of, I do the mind sweep. I, I lay down the master list. And then out of the master list, I'll take the three most important things that have to be done. And I'll write it the night before I'm going to do them. So when I wake up in the morning, I know exactly how I'm going to start my day. So I'm not going to blow, you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, scratching my head and wringing my hands and wondering, oh, where do I start and spend an hour getting coffee and wandering aimlessly through my desk or whatever. I know what the day starts with. And in my case, the day always starts with book writing. So that's not even an issue. So I start at four or five o'clock in the morning. I work on books for a couple of hours and then I go to whatever's on my, my three item to-do list. The third calendar is a big wall calendar uh, has every day of the month that I can see at a glimpse on the, uh, that calendar is for four things. Number one, 
days that I play the guitar. Number two, days that I go to the gym. Number three, days that I work on writing projects and a monitor for my weight. So let's say today is, I don't even know what today is, Tuesday. Um, so today is Tuesday. If I play the guitar today, I'm going to put a red stripe across the day on the calendar. And if I also exercise today, I'm going to put a light blue stripe across that same day on the calendar. And if I work on the book, uh, I'm going to put a black stripe. And at the end of the week, on the Saturday, you'll see in that box a weight that I put down on the previous Sunday. You know, but my weight goal by the end of the week is and just write the number down. That's perfect. So, so we're going to go into a commercial break, and I want everybody yep. to think about this question. Do you know what is even on your list of things to do? What's in your brain? So spend the commercial break doing a mind sweep. Write down everything that's in your brain that you think you need to get done. We'll be right back. Joe Serio, uh, writer, founder of the Get the Nerve to Succeed series. We're talking about his latest book that just got released. I encourage everybody to get it, Time Management, 50 Lessons on Finding Time for What's Important. So, Joe, just before the commercial break, you were talking about the three calendars you had. You have your uh, Google Calendar that synchronizes um, all of your daily activities, um, including dry cleaning, Walmart, whatever it may be. You have a Franklin Planner that's your three top items that you're going to be doing for that day. And then a wall calendar, month at a glance, that you color stripe based on um, music, exercise, um, and what was the third item that's on uh, there? Book writing. Book writing. Okay. Yep. And then how do you manage those three of those? Well, the, the bottom line for the wall calendar is I only have to look at it once a day, right? So I only have to go to it once a day. It's hanging on the wall behind the door in my office, um, and, and I work with the door closed most of the time. So at a glimpse, I can see the entire month how well I was at getting um, into the gym, how well I was playing music. Uh, but that's the thing about these particular calendars. They're super simple to manage because if, let's say, you say to me, hey, Joe, I want to talk on Friday. The first thing I'll do as we're talking or uh, you know, I read your email, is go to the Google Calendar and put that in the calendar. Part of the, I think part of the issue with some people is that they, they say, oh, yeah, I'll do this for you, or, yeah, let's talk next week on Tuesday, and that's it, and they forget to go. So it's automatic, go to the, the appropriate calendar that, to, in order to capture. Uh, but one thing, once things are in the calendar, it's, you know, the, it's there, so I don't have to remember about it. I just have to look it up. Um, and like I said earlier, I'm not moving things. Right? The three calendars are distinct, so I'm not moving things from one calendar to another calendar. It's actually pretty simple. Um, when I do the mind sweep and, and make the master list, that's, uh, it's in handwriting, it's in, the, it's in the Franklin Day Planner, and it's something that sits next to my computer. So this is another part of this, this idea of capturing and, and making sure your system can capture everything. If something pops into my mind while I'm writing a book, the Franklin Planner is sitting right there next to me open all the time. So the only thing I have to do is scribble a note to myself and get back to work. A lot of times people will take that thought that pops in the head and then start running down that rabbit hole. 
and they, they wonder, oh, I never got back to the thing I was originally working on. And at the end of the day, they're frustrated because they got, you know, they, they threw 10 balls up in the air and they never actually finished any of them. So it's just mechanisms for keeping me sane, mechanisms for keeping me from, from uh, distraction, procrastination, you know, and all that. And this is not to suggest that I'm perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but here's a big difference between my old self and over the years. The way I learned how to play the harmonica and the guitar and do a bunch of other things was that when I procrastinated, uh, instead of filling it with non-productive work, with non-productive activity like watching television, which I used to be totally addicted to, I would fill that space with something productive. So I learned how to play the guitar when I was procrastinating from writing a book. And so in the end, I ended up with two things instead of, instead of just one. So that's, uh, that goes to one of the quotes I wrote down from your book. What efforts, you asked the question, what efforts am I expending that can be used for multiple purposes? In this particular case, you had this other thing you wanted to learn how to do, and you had multiple purpose in your, what in the past would have been unproductive time. Right. And that's a, the, one of the keys to turbocharging your time is strategizing in advance and understanding what am I going to do with this thing or what can I do with it once it's done or in your life, look at what you have now, what you've done already. What other purposes can I use for that thing that I've already expended time and energy on? So quick example, I learned how to play the guitar. Great. That's nice. And so I sit at home and play the guitar. Well, also, you can go out and play with people. So I start playing in a band. And all of a sudden, I'm playing in a band, and people want me to record with them in a studio. And then I start doing training programs, and I say, okay, you know what? I know how to play the guitar. Let me bring the guitar into the training program to use it to illustrate some of the points I'm making, entertain the audience, and throw something different that they may not have seen before in a training, make it more attractive, more engaging, more entertaining, and improve the evaluations I'm going to get at the end of the program. So I've got multiple functions out of that guitar, not just sitting alone at home playing. You're bringing your life into your life, basically. And that's what people want. I think that's what people want. They want to know who you are. Why am I listening to this guy? What can he bring for me? Every audience, as you know very well, every audience wants to be entertained. And there are different ways to do that. But if you do it appropriately, there are all kinds of things from your life that you can bring to an audience, that you can bring to your book, that you can bring to any project, most projects you're working on. Now, in the beginning of your book, the first two lessons, I I loved them. I thought they were great. One of them was time management is fundamentally about self-management, and then that your self-management honors the spiritual nature of your life. Uh, We're going to be going into commercial, into the news break in in a a moment or so, but where did that aha come for you? The the original source of uh, time management as spiritual came from a priest uh, that I heard when I was about 13, 14 years old. Uh, at our church on Long Island, who said, uh, you never know 
the hour or the day, which I think is from the Gospel uh, of Matthew. And he said, and, and this was an old Irish priest who had a heavy brogue. I really couldn't understand much of his message, but that piece stuck with me. And then I realized you can't plan your life according to your last breath or according to your last day. You know, so you have to, that means you can't live in the future. There's no point, no percentage in living in the past, which leaves you with living right now. And the, the second thing was uh, 9-11. You know, you, you don't have any, let's just call it control, right? There's very little control over the way your life is going to pan out in terms of in terms of your last day. Okay, and Joe, we're going to have to go into the yep. news break, and I want to talk about that when we come back. Here's the question for everybody going into news break. What efforts are you expending that can be used for multiple purposes? And we'll be right back with more from Dr. Joe Serio and talking about the spiritual aspects of time management. Remember, everybody, the right questions can change your life, so think about what you're asking yourself during this commercial break. We'll be right back. Everyone, and I am so excited to tell you guys something that I just found out during the commercial break. Um, one of the things I, I knew before but forgot to mention, Joe, congratulations. You are going to be um, a writer for the Huffington Post. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Yeah, that's going to start soon. I'm really excited about it. That's really great. So what are you going to be talking about at the HuffPo? It will be uh, get the nerve types of fear, fear time management related uh, topics that are geared toward uh, solopreneurs and small businesses. I love it. So not only will people be able to find you through other methods, they can go to soon go to the Huffington Post and find out all about you. So let's just let everybody know how they can find out more about you and get your books. Yes. Uh, my website is joeserio.com, J-O-E-S, like Sam, E-R-I-O, Dot com. Uh, they are also up on Amazon, of course. And um, so, but autographed signed books are available through my website. Perfect, and it's totally worth getting the uh, signed copies of the books because Joe's just awesome. But I wouldn't have him on my show if I didn't think he was. <laughs> All right, so mm-hmm. Joe, before the commercial break, we were talking about the spiritual aspect and how your parish priest with the thick Irish brogue got you started on this by quoting some comments from the Bible. Let's take that a little bit further. And how did you actually make that stretch? You were talking about 9-11 and how, you know, you really can't, you really don't know when the change is going to happen. Well, so the shift for me, you know, it doesn't happen in a a day, as you know. I mean, these are things that happen over time as you mature and and understand things differently and more deeply. So by the time 9-11 happened. Uh, I was living on Long Island. Uh, I had just been back from a long time in Russia, and most of the 90s I had spent in Russia. And I was at home kind of decompressing, and I watched every single thing on television for three weeks. From morning till night, I sat glued in front of the television, which uh, may not have been a smart move, but, you know, there it is. So I did it. And then also I was looking at the newspaper every day. And on Long Island, the Long Island Railroad dumps thousands and thousands and thousands of people into New York City every day. So in our town, 30 or 40 families were impacted in, in towns all over Long Island. 
So, so I would flip through the newspaper and see people I went to high school with who had perished in, the, in 9-11. And after a couple of weeks of that, I, I just stopped. I just stopped, kind of like, you know that moment in Forrest Gump when Tom Hanks is running and running and running, and, he just, and he's got this crowd of people behind him, and he just stops, and he just totally he walks away. And that was kind of a moment like that for me. After three weeks of watching this stuff and, and just mourning over it and all the rest of it, I just stopped. And the conclusion I came to was, compared to that, what do I have to be afraid of? I'm afraid of having my feelings hurt. I'm afraid of embarrassing myself. I'm afraid of, you know, public speaking or starting a business or getting my PhD or what, you know, what is it? What could I possibly be afraid of in comparison to that? And so one of the things I talk about in my fear book is the seven step action plan to managing fear. And one of the steps is measure it, measure it against other things. But when you measure your fear and put it into proportion, put it into context, it saves a huge amount of time. So I decided, you know what? I'm done. I'm done with this. I'm done with the pity party or the whatever the remnants of the pity party that I was in, uh, whatever the remnants of massive procrastination, whatever the, the remnants of worrying about what people are going to think about what I write and you know, books I publish and what I have to say, you know, so you know what, that's it. And within six months, I had moved to Texas and started a PhD program and learned how to play the guitar, improved my harmonica, wrote a bunch of books, taught in the university, ran an international magazine, had a full-time job. I mean, I, I just got crazy organized to be able to do multiple major projects at once. And the way you do it is, yeah, the calendars and master list and all the things we talked about. But the other thing that, that people don't uh, necessarily do often enough or well enough is recruiting other people to work with you. Collaboration is a huge time saver. So in any case, all of this was to, to say to me, to remind me, hey, look, this is this time of yours is a finite commodity. It's a finite source. It's going to run out, and you don't know when. And you've got these things that are burning inside your heart that you want to get out for the expression of your life. Perhaps you have things that, that you think can help someone else on their road. And guess what? You have to get it out now. You have to. Which is why... I say that, you know, time management, there's no such thing, right? There's no such thing as time management. You have 24 hours. I have 24 hours. Bill Gates has 24 hours. My God, how did he accomplish what he accomplished? It's not time management. It's self-management and the choices that we make. So it's deciding what's important to you and what's not important to you and where you're going to place your priorities? Totally. I, I talk to a lot of people who start talking to me about their goals. And a lot of people start there. Oh, I want to. I want to be rich. I want to lose weight. I want. I want to this. I want to that. Say, like, wait, 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 wait. Slow down. Number one, those aren't real goals. Those are kind of wishes. You know, these kind of vague hopes. You know, we got to make them smart. We have to make them specific and measurable and all that. But the other thing is, 
you can't start setting out on the road to, to meet, reach your goals by stating your goals. Tell me what you believe. Tell me what your values are. Tell me what your priorities are. Because one thing I meet in, in, all, in virtually all of my classes are people who have a hard time saying no. And you can almost bet on if people have a hard time saying no, it's because they haven't defined their beliefs, values, and priorities as specifically as possible. They don't know what to say yes to. They don't know what to say no to. But for the people who are really fixed on their path and they say, okay, this is what I'm going for. All right, so and let me, let me, let me. And if it doesn't contribute to that, then they don't do it. Let me um, ask you a question in here. Because, uh-huh. I, I mean, you know my situation and, and everything, and I get this a lot from a lot of other women and even some men that are going through the scenarios. You know what you want, right? But there are life situations that sure. step in that sometimes you choose to take a break from, from your goals. How do you stop feeling guilty about putting another's priority first temporarily? Well, I think the guilt, I mean, obviously a much longer conversation, but part oh, absolutely of the question, longer conversation. Part of the que- go ahead. But, you know, you, you have your goals, you, you set them. I mean, they're real goals. They're something that mm-hmm. can be achieved. They're something that can be measured. They fit along with your values. But sometimes things step in the way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you need to sit there for several hours just hanging out with, in my case, my mom, watching TV. Because my being in the room with her makes a huge difference for her. Right. How do you balance that? So one of the, one of the things, I, somebody asked me this question uh, a couple of years ago. And it, almost exactly the same situation. And she said, I want to write a book. So, okay. And she said, I have to be in the room with my mother. She's watching television. So, okay. So what's, what's the kind of, what's the issue in her particular case? What's the issue? And I asked her if she could ever leave the room or if she can put on headphones while she's sitting there watching television? And the answer was yes. I said, okay, so we have to understand first, what are our parameters and what are our constraints? One thing that I find a lot of people view their constraints in a a kind of a limited lens. So they say, okay, you know what? I have to be in the room with my mother watching television. So the question is, what can be done, if anything? I would start there. What can be done, if anything, to, um, you know, use that time while you're sitting with your mother? But the bigger question is, and your, your specific question about guilt, is, is your mother now a priority? Have you made a choice to say, you know what, I want and I need to spend this time with my mother? Uh, and if the answer is yes, then you've made a clear choice. Things shift all the time. I, I want to make sure people understand that all of this time management stuff is not just set in stone. And you say, well, here's my priority. Come hell or high water, I'm going to do it. Well, life gets in the way, like you said. In the course of life, you have to make some decisions. I have a friend who 
uh, talking about the guilt issue. I have a friend whose parents said, I, we want you to be a co-executor of our state with your brother. Her brother was in and out of jail constantly. Oh, my gosh. He had a lot of ex-con friends, et cetera, et cetera. Her parents said to her also, we want you to manage his money. That's so asking an awful lot. There's a, uh, what's that? That's asking an awful lot. That's asking a huge amount, right? But you know there are people who are going to say yes, and there are people who are going to say no. There are people who are going to say yes because their parents are old, their health is not good, perhaps they're even dying. There are people who are going to say yes because of the narrative that they created when they were growing up that said, I must obey my parents. I must provide for my parents. And you get to decide that for yourself. You get to decide what is the answer to that. My friend said, Mom and Dad, I am not going to be the executor of your estate, and I'm not going to uh, manage my brother's money or have him as co-executor. I'm not going to do that. Why? Because she was incredibly clear about what she was going for and what motivated her and the trap of, of guilt, right? So the question for a lot of people, for everyone who's listening, the question is, what's the basis on which you're deciding the question? What's the basis on which you're making your decision? Are you doing it? Are you making the decision out of guilt? And are, are you then making the decision and putting yourself in that position and then complaining because you have the guilt. That's a perfect place to go into our next commercial break. So during the commercial break, think about if you ha- are feeling guilt about something, you have a conflict probably going on between two choices. Think about it. Decide what choice you really want to go with. We'll be right back with more from Dr. Joe Serio. So we were talking about guilt and conflicts. And if you are feeling guilt about doing something, there might be a conflict, those were my words, between um, maybe some of your goals and some of your priorities. You have a concept about containers that you talk about in your book, space containers and time containers, and, and I think it's such an amazing concept to actually help clear up some of these um, conflicts. Would Can you talk a little bit more about it? Sure. Um, so, you know, you, we can we can kind of run a thread through everything that we've talked about: decision making, uh, clarity, choices, guilt, time, self management, time management, all these things. So, one of the major one of the major devices that I use is containers. So, it's kind of like a, a place for everything and everything in its place. So, if you if you have a problem with your keys and you come home and you throw them on the coffee table and other people throw the mail and newspapers and junk on top and, and they move it all around, you come back tomorrow morning to go to work and your keys are not at the same end of the coffee table when you threw them. And you start getting frustrated. Now you're going to be late for work and you're running around the house looking for your keys. So to me, that means that the system is not working. You don't have a container for your keys. Your container can be a hook on the wall, can be a plate, can be a place that you put your keys every time so your brain doesn't have to think about it. That's what all these things are. My calendars, my calendars in my computer, day planner on the wall, those are containers. 
So I think in terms of space containers and time containers. Space containers are where I put physical objects. How is my living space arranged? How is my office arranged? Uh, time containers are my calendar, um, my watch. I mean, any, anything that has to do with my time, any, any way to manage my time. So if I have an appointment, anything that's going to take up my time, errands that have to be run, they have to be captured by this, the time containers. And one thing that this does, and one thing that my wife and I have been pretty relentless about, is identifying the things that contribute to our goals and our uh, low, low stress, you know, reducing frustration, uh, reducing blood pressure, all that stuff is identify all the things that support us in our uh, physical life, in our spiritual life, in our work life, and anything else is gone. As a matter of fact, we just went through another round of this yesterday. My wife wanted to rearrange her closet, got rid of a whole bunch of things. There's almost nothing superfluous in our place. It doesn't mean it's a museum. It doesn't mean that it's perfectly neat all the time. But... 99.9% of the things we own have a space, have a place, have a container. So it reduces frustration. It increases clarity. It reduces the amount of time that we have to take to clean the house, uh, you know, straighten things up, because we have containers, we have habits, we have, you know, just kind of our reflex. The reflex on some of these things is, you know, we don't drop clothes on the floor. So we never have to pick clothes up. We make the bed. 99.9% of the time, the bed is made. Um, so the place looks nice. It's clear of clutter. It's straight and neat. And it means that when I walk into a room, I don't get frustrated just by the fact that I walk into the room. Does that make sense? So your three calendars are containers. Absolutely. And they help you keep your self-management, your time management handled so that you can just walk in. There's very little, if any, overwhelm or frustration. You're clear about what you need to do. And setting your house up with the containers also helps clear the path so that you can better manage your time. Right. And all of these things, everything we're talking about, and the reason I designed the Get the Nerve series the way I did public speaking, fear, time management, next year, leadership, emotional intelligence, and effective communication. is because all of these things are constantly looping and interacting and intersecting with each other. Your whole life is a system, right? So if my containers are in order, it's like, let me give you a quick example. You walk into Subway. You open the door. They say, welcome to Subway. You walk into Subway. You see containers vegetable containers that are in the same place meat containers in the same place every time the staff asks you the same questions every time do you want a foot long six inch what kind of bread do you want do you want a toasted do you want a cheese on it you know and and that i love subway as an example because you know there's racks where they keep the potato chips that's a container there's a refrigerator where they keep the soda and the water that's a container and subway is a very containerized business so it's no, mis- no accident, no coincidence that they do very well. They make a lot of money. Right? I want to do well. 
and I want to make a lot of money, and I want to keep my frustration as low as possible, and I want to be productive, and I want to, you know, put and churn out books and go speak around the world and do all those things. Containers for me is one of the major components of my system that get me to what I want. I love the whole concept of containers, and, and I'm not just talking about opaque Rubbermaid containers that you just kind of put there and you don't know what's in them. You need that label maker to know <laughs> what's in that mm-hmm. container so you don't just stuff things away. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things that that you talk about is that that whole I forgot to kind of thing. Um, you use all your three calendars to stop the I forgot to thing. You really talk about making sure your goals are clear. If there was one last thought you could leave my listeners with that can help them with their time slash self-management, what would it be? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to come back to the containers. And, and I'll give you a classic example. Okay, when and you I have 40 talk, seconds. <laughs> 40 seconds. When I talk to my audiences, I ask how many people forget things when they go shopping. Hands go up. We never forget things when we go shopping. Why? Because we have a pre-printed supermarket grocery list on the refrigerator. We check boxes, we tear it off, we go to the store. We don't forget. I don't forget about meetings. I don't forget about, you know, whatever, birthdays, thanks to Facebook. I don't forget about um, groceries, thanks to the list on the refrigerator. The containers, containers, containers will get you more than halfway to where you're trying to get to. Perfect. I love it. So, Joe, your book is Time Management, 50 Lessons on Finding Time for What's Important, and it's part of the Get the Nerve series. I encourage everybody to go get that book on Amazon or go to joeserio.com and get your autograph copy. Thanks for being the guest on my show today, Joe. It's been great. Thanks, Laura. Always a pleasure. Okay, if you're not asking the right questions and you need some help moving forward or even just getting started, I'm available for one-on-one or workshops. You can send me an email at laura at laurasteward.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. And remember, the right questions can change your life. So what are you asking yourself today? See you next week, everybody, where I'll have another special guest. You've been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today.